We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another edition of the Roto-Wire NBA podcast. Nick Whalen here with Alex Barutha. Uh, we're recording this on the afternoon of Wednesday, December 14th. So we got a 10-game NBA slate coming at us on Wednesday. We're, we're crossing our fingers, Alex, that nothing too major changes. We don't have any big-time injuries tonight. Uh, of course, coming out of a, a relatively small slate on Tuesday night, we, we got only four games on the schedule Thursday. But we're going to run through all 30 teams. We're going to start with the East. And we're going to go to the West. And this time, we're actually going to try to keep it to a minute per team. We say that every time. And more often than not, we go triple or quadruple uh, over the time that we're trying to do. So in order to combat this, Alex, we're going every other team. So we've each been assigned 15 teams, uh, half in the East, half in the West. We will split this into two episodes. So there'll be an Eastern Conference episode. That'll publish on Wednesday. You're likely hearing that now. Uh, and then the Western Conference will come out on Thursday morning. Anyway, Alex, how are you? Do we have anything to talk about off the top before we jump in? Uh, I'm doing well. Um, I don't think we. I don't think we have any like major news right off the top, do we? Um, uh, the one thing I did want to ask you about is the NBA award names. Oh, yeah, that whole situation, that debacle. I kind of forgot about that, which um, tells you how much I actually um, how much that matters to me. But I, I thought. I sort of get what they're doing. Like they, you know, they want to honor some of the players of old. Um, I don't really have an issue with it either way. I, you know, some people had their thoughts on the, the pose for the MVP trophy. I don't really mind it, but um, mostly I just thought that the George Mike and most improved player award was a very bizarre uh, choice. Although on the, on the low post podcast, they brought up that, the, the very clear best candidate for the most improved player award is a current player in Giannis. Yes. And um, so I don't know if they're going to just be like, well, in 15 years, well, sorry, George, but um, mm -hmm. we're going we're to put Giannis in that award instead. Yeah, the most improved player, George Mikan, who led the league in scoring as a rookie at 28.3 <laughs> points per game and actually uh, scored fewer points in his second year than his rookie. Right. So I, I don't really know the logic there. Uh, I, I don't have a huge problem with this. I mean, it's just something that 
I, I don't know what the goal is. You know, I think if anything, I, I saw more people kind of saying this is weird than like celebrating it. Uh, you know, getting Michael Jordan's name on the MVP trophy. I totally get that. Um, although Kareem has won the most MVPs. So I, I think maybe uh, having his name on that trophy would make more sense. I think more than anything, though, it is a little short-sighted, right? I mean, you're you have you're not really leaving any room for current players. And you know, I, I was going to throw this out there you know, when, when there were these first reports a couple of weeks ago that, that these trophies were going to get names and we didn't know what they would be. I was wondering if there was like some sort of outside possibility that LeBron, even as an active player, could land his name on one of these trophies, especially as he's about to break the scoring title. So yeah, to me, it's like, it's hard to argue with guys like Michael Jordan, Hakeem Olajuwon, Wilt Chamberlain, John Havlicek, George Mikan, Jerry West. Like these are all timers, but are we going to rename these awards every 10 to 20 years? Because it's going to be kind of strange 30 years from now, if Steph Curry doesn't have an award or LeBron James of all people doesn't have an award. Maybe they will rename them every decade or so that wouldn't, that wouldn't be too surprising. And I don't no. know if that would be a bad thing, but uh, yeah, it's like, what's it going to be? The LeBron James play in MVP trophy. <laughs> LeBron James right. in uh, Steph Curry in season tournament, three point leader trophy. You know, where does it end? Right. Yeah. The, whoever has the most games with 25, five and five gets a LeBron trophy. <laughs> gets I, the LeBron. To me, what, what matters most here is whether or not these awards become synonymous with the player they're named after. Um, you know, if, if 10 years from now, when we talk about the MVP award, we don't say MVP odds. We say, who's going to win the Michael Jordan much in the way that you say, who's going to win the Heisman. You know, like you can't, oh, you can never yeah. change the name of the Heisman trophy. You couldn't just start calling it the Tim Tebow trophy. Like it, <laughs> it, it is what it is. It's the Heisman. So to me, it's like if, if everybody starts calling it the Michael Jordan trophy, if the NBA makes a point to call it that, uh, then I, I think you're going to have a hard time changing that down the road. I agree. That's a really good point. I didn't really, I didn't think of that. All right. Anyway, I don't, I don't think we have too much more to say about the trophies. Probably doesn't really matter. I'm still going to keep calling it the MVP. Um, you know, probably not going to be saying like who you got for the Wilt Chamberlain award. It might take right. a while for that to become synonymous with rookie of the year, but let's dive in on the Eastern conference. Uh, you know, we're not going to throw like a, a minute on the clock or anything. I, I don't want to go to the trouble of like setting a timer and dealing with that uh, on the audio, but um, you know, we'll keep all these quick. We'll rifle through these teams. We'll go every other uh, and then we'll we'll jump over to the Western Conference. And like we said, we'll, we'll splice that into another episode. But we will go alphabetically. And that means we are starting with the number one alphabetical team, not only in the East, but in the entire league, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I have a few notes on the Atlanta Hawks. Clint Capella, top 40 player in nine category leagues. I think you and I had kind of highlighted Capella as a potential bounce back player this season. Uh, that, that, that has come to fruition. I mean, the rebounds have been there. The blocks have been there. I uh, stayed healthy for the most part. Uh, I have DeAndre Hunter in a couple leagues, really just adding scoring at this point. That's about it. Uh, the scoring numbers have been good, but he's not doing anything else. Not really all that valuable. DeJounte Murray's hurt right now. John Collins is hurt right now. Don't really have firm timetables on either of those guys. And the only other note I have on the Atlanta Hawks, DJ Griffin in the starting lineup uh, due, of course, in part to those injuries. But uh, he started now six straight games, averaging 14 points, and 7.2 three-point attempts, only shooting 25%, but over seven attempts per game in about 30 minutes. Yeah, right now the story for the Atlanta Hawks is just how injured they are. And you mentioned some key guys there. You know, Bogdan Bogdanovich coming back is pretty big for them, given yeah. the situation. And A.J. Griffin, uh, if you have him in fantasy, uh, I think enjoy it while it lasts. I, I think he'll be fine for some deeper leagues because I think he's established himself as a rotation player at this point. 
Uh, next, alphabetically, the Boston Celtics, who are 22-7. and seven. Um, I think it's fair to say they look like the best team in the NBA right now, and the best team in the NBA will be adding Robert Williams very soon. Uh, in terms of what happens there, I think, you know, I we I talked to Ken Kreitz about this um, of, of NBA pod infamy. Uh, he thinks um, Derek White's going to the bench uh, and uh, Grant Williams is probably going to the bench as well. And then it's going to be Horford and, and Robert Williams in the front court. So if you have Grant Williams or Derek White in any fantasy leagues, I would maybe keep an eye on that. Uh, but other than that, I think um, this team has sort of been a holding pattern. Tatum's been really good playing at an MVP level. Brown's made some improvements. Smart's who he is. Horford takes the back-to-backs off, but he's having a decent year. Yeah, not a whole lot to say about Boston. I mean, they're they're a wagon. They lost the two straight uh, last weekend. You know, had a, a wild come-from-behind win uh, where they, they blew a huge lead, and then the Lakers blew a huge lead, and then you knew the, that the Celtics were winning that game in overtime last night. Uh, and they ultimately did capping off a long road trip. The Brooklyn Nets monster season for KD continues. He is a top three player in per game value, eight cat, nine cat, whatever you want to, uh, however you want to slice it. He's been awesome. Um, kind of feels like it's been an underrated elite season for Kevin Durant. Uh, but, but all of a sudden, I mean, the Nets are 17 and 12. They somewhat have things figured out They're They're at least in the mix in the Eastern conference. Uh, Kyrie Irving up to 14th in nine cat per game value. Joe Harris, 2.6 made threes per game over his last seven. He's shooting 51% from three in that span. Uh, Royce O'Neal, he's missed the last two games, could play Friday or Sunday. He's always you know, somebody I find myself grabbing as like an end of the bench player in fantasy. And Patty Mills, kind of cooked, really, really not playing most nights uh, unless the Nets are arresting everybody. And you know, as recently as last season, Patty Mills was rostered in a lot of leagues, but uh, you know, he's kind of reaching a different phase of his career. He is. This is another one of those teams you sort of look at who's been available for them lately. It's just a complete mess um, in terms of guys who've been injured, guys who've been in and out of the lineup. Um, ben Simmons, you know, returned and, and looked pretty good in his uh, his first game back. So I think that's encouraging if you if you if you're rostering Ben Simmons. Um, he's still like he's been up and down, but he's still ranked 87th in per game value. But I think just keep an eye on their rotation when everyone is fully healthy because I think there will be some guys getting a lot of DMPs and, and lower minutes than we're used to. Let's move on to the Bulls, uh, who are a pretty b- bad 11 and 15 when you consider what they're trying to accomplish as a franchise, which is uh, make the playoffs. And uh, for them, again, I think the they've sort of been, they're pretty boring. I, I just, like DeRozan, uh, Vucevic, and Levine are all sort of having... It, I, they're all having a little bit down seasons compared to what they're used to, but not like devastatingly bad. And then their bench just is not, it's not that interesting. Like Caruso has his moments Dasumu has his moments. Patrick Williams is still kind of a disappointment. Um, and it's just, they're a really hard team to figure out. And I think I, I'm not sure what you do if you're in their position. Do you, do you just, do you try to buy at the deadline? Do you try to sell at the deadline? Uh, it's they're in a really tough spot right now. Yeah, we talked to Barner on the XXM or Rotowire SXM show last night, and I, I asked him the same question. And he he's just worried that they're going to kind of get stuck and have to like resign Vucevic, you know, almost under an mm-hmm. obligation uh, because of what you gave up to get him, which ultimately wasn't that much. But you could argue that Wendell Carter is a, a better asset at this point, and I, I think he is. 
ban Vucevic. So that that trade's not looking great in retrospect. I mean, they're 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 right where you don't want to be in the Eastern Conference. That's for sure. I mean, fantasy wise, the positives like Demar Derozan essentially doing what he was doing last year, not not quite uh, at that same pace, but twenty six five and five, top thirty player in nine cat. I mean, Levine to me is the one who's been the biggest disappointment, and you know that knee obviously it continues to be an issue, but under 22 points per game, uh, under 44% from the field, uh, not ideal there. You know, free throw shooting hasn't been great either. The Rotowire NBA pod is brought to you by Pickett. Pickett is a social bet tracking app that takes all the hassle out of tracking your bets and your betting performance over time. Pickett connects to all of the major U.S. sports books like DraftKings and FanDuel and others, uh, as well as all the major DFS pick providers, such as Prize Picks, Underdog Fantasy, and Thrive. Once you hook up all your sports books, Pickett does the heavy lifting from there to slice and dice your betting data. You'll get detailed historical PL, you'll get graphs, unique breakdowns by team, sport, player, bet type, etc. cetera. Uh, you get the gist. You can also line shop for the best odds across your link sports books to make sure that whatever you're betting, you are getting the most bang for your buck. When your bets are live, you could track the scores and stats of all the games you bet on, as well as get player prop updates from most major player prop markets. That means no more switching between your sportsbook app and different score apps. Uh, I, I usually use ESPN, so if I, you know, if I if I have Prize Picks going or you know a DraftKings lineup, I'm, I'm always shuffling between apps, closing one out, not realizing that I closed it out. Uh, so getting all those notifications in one spot via the Picket app is huge. I actually love that idea. I think that's my favorite feature about this app. Again, no more opening, reopening, closing, NBA box scores every five minutes. It's all right there in the Picket app. By far, the differ- biggest differentiator, however, is that Picket syncs your betting history and all your bets from all legal major sports books. So there is no manual entry required to track your bets. Again, no manual entry. It links directly to the sports books. You don't have to you know double type everything down and keep it like a little notebook. It automatically logs everything for you. Once you have those accounts linked, it's pretty much effortless from there. The social feed, the community is what turns Picket from just a bet tracking app to a home for betting. When you can learn from others, you can tail people, you can go against people, you can see what others are doing. You can find verified content to inform your betting decisions. Visit Picket.com. That's P-I-K-K-I-T.com to download the Picket app today. Again, that's Picket. P-I-K-K-I-T. Let's go to the Charlotte Hornets, huh? What, what an exciting yeah. team to talk about. Uh, <laughs> we, we have somewhat good timing here because LaMelo Ball uh, is expected to make his return tonight. That would be on Wednesday night. Kind of came out of nowhere with LaMelo, uh, as was the case you know, when he missed time to begin the year. We, we didn't really get any concrete updates. It was just kind of game by game. He would be questionable and then out, questionable and then out. And this essentially happened again. So he's assuming he plays Wednesday. He'll end up missing uh, 11 games in a row. He missed 13 to begin the year. Uh, so he has played in three of a possible 27 games at this point. Uh, he's looked good for the most part. I mean, it's kind of hard to judge when you miss so much time and you only play three games, then you get hurt again. Uh, but obviously, if you took Lamelo, you know, somewhere between pick like 10 and 20, you're not feeling great about it. Uh, you know, rest of season, if you could, if you're kind of managing to tread water without him. Obviously, it'll be a boost, but uh, it just doesn't really seem possible that in terms of total value, LaMelo is going to end up uh, you know, coming close to, to his ADP. Other quick notes, Kelly Oubre, last 11 games, 24.5 points, 1.9 steals, 47% from the field, over two threes per game. He is a top 40 player 
in nine cat total value. And Gordon Hayward, well on pace to play fewer than 50 games for the third season <laughs> in a row, barely played 50 the year before that. I mean, to, to me, he's in like the Kevin Love zone at this point. To give you an indication of how injured the Hornets have been in general, uh, over the last five games, they're, the player who has seen the sixth most minutes is Bryce McGowens, uh, followed by Theo Maladon. Uh, Kai Jones has been like a legitimate rotation player for them. Yeah, I, I I think in terms of like actionable fantasy advice, I think this is absolutely your sell-high opportunity for a decent amount of guys on this roster. Uh, you mentioned LaMelo coming back. That's going to cut into Rozier. It's probably going to cut into Oubre. And then you have to think this team is, what, 7-20? and 20? Yeah, 7-20. and 20. And they have a ton of veterans on their team. So I would not be surprised if they sell off at the deadline. So if Rozier was somewhere else, if Hayward was somewhere else, not that you know, you're relying on him for much anyway, but I think this is a sell-high moment if you have a lot of the guys on this team. Let's move to Cleveland. Um, Cleveland's such a fun team, man. I, I love watching them play basketball. Um Really exciting team. I think the there was sort of a debate whether would it be Mitchell or Garland who's the guy on this team. You know, Mitchell's the new guy. Uh, that that question is, was answered very early on. Donovan Mitchell is the tenth best per game fantasy player in eight cat leagues. Um, you know, their their small forward position is still kind of up in the air. Dean Wade's been hurt. It's just been Lavert steps in once in a while. Lamar Stevens, Osman. There's nothing really you can do there for fantasy. I still think Levert's a hold in general in maybe like 14 team leagues just because of his upside when like Mitchell or Garland is out. But, um, you know, I I think some people were hoping for more development out of Evan Mobley. It just hasn't quite been there. But I think part of that is also a product of Donovan Mitchell coming in. And uh, Mobley may not. I don't think Mobley's ready to be like that definitive number three guy yet. So I think this trajectory makes sense for him. And he's still 61st in fantasy. You didn't like lose if you drafted him 40. That's fine. Yeah, I think with Mobley, it's just kind of a, a product of Donovan Mitchell being added to the mix and not really taking like a, a massive step in terms of offensive usage. But in terms of real life effectiveness, I continue to be you know borderline blown away with him. And, and he is a, a major reason why the Cavs are the best defense in the NBA. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, the Detroit Pistons. Uh, not good. Not good news here. Cade Cunningham done for the year. Uh, we, we had heard some rumblings that this might be the case. Uh, you, you know, that that chin injury still kind of clouded as far as like what exactly is going on there. We'll have to have our guy, uh, Jeff Stotts, dig into that. Uh, but he's going to undergo season ending surgery on that chin. Obviously, there's not a long history of guys having season ending shin injuries. So I, I don't really know what else to say about that. But um to me, this is just essentially the final nail in the coffin for Detroit. They're seven and twenty-two at this point. They are firmly going to be in the Wembenyama mix. Uh, Bogdanovich uh, obviously going to be a, a, among the bigger names to watch as a potential trade candidate. Uh, Jaden Ivey not really startable right now. He's well outside the top two hundred in terms of per game value. He's had his moments. I think he got off to a much faster start than I expected. Uh, but since coming back from that three-game absence, just 12 points, three rebounds, three assists, one steal, 34% from the field and, and down to 25% from three. So uh, maybe starting to hit a, at least a little bit of a, an early rookie wall uh, as a shooter. And that was one of my main concerns. Even if you go further back, like since mid-November, so last 12 games, he's at 25% from three on over five attempts. So his hot start from three relatively uh, considering he was not a great three-point shooter in college, that, that did always seem a little suspicious. Yeah, I think he was someone who it was good for him that Cade Cunningham was around 
because a lot of the defensive focus was on Cade and um, sure. that allowed Ivy to basically be a little more free. And now that uh, they probably put their best, uh, the opposing teams are going to put their best backcourt defender on Jay and Ivy, not Killian Hayes. So um, yeah, that's, that's tough for them. Bojan Bogdanovic now the best player on this team. I think that if you have Bojan in fantasy, as I do in several spots that you should try to sell high because at the deadline, I assume he's gone. Although it took them a long time to move off of Jeremy Grant when he was on the Pistons. So you might not have to panic sell because he's going to play really well while Cade's out, but just something to monitor for sure there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's go with the Pacers, the surprising 14 and 14 Indiana Pacers, one of the bigger surprises of the NBA, along with um, like the Utah Jazz. Albert, man. Reading the NBA, and I think assist percentage and touches per game. Uh, 11th best fantasy player per game, 8-cat. Can't really say enough good things about him. He's He looks like he's going to be a... Um, I don't know if I would... He's not a star right now, but he's clearly on that trajectory. And his, um, his game is absolutely tailor-made for fantasy. We're seeing Miles Turner have a fantastic year. Um, showing a lot of that upside that people have been basically hoping for for the past four or five years. It's actually coming to fruition. Obviously, he and Buddy Hield remain trade deadline candidates, but it's, again, since they're playing so well, it's a little unclear what their plans are going to be in the immediate future, but something to, uh, I want to blame anybody for trying to sell high. Um, Matherin has slowed down. I think that's worth noting. Um, his efficiency has, has fallen off for sure. And then Andrew Nemhard, you know, if, if healed gets traded, um, I think Nemhard is someone who could step up into a bigger role but he's really done most of his damage with like Halliburton out. Um, someone, I think if you're in a 14 team league, you keep him on your bench if you can, just in case, but I don't think he's a must roster necessarily. No. And you know, you look at the last eight games for Nemhard, 12 points, the, the six assists to me, that is what I would be chasing. He's got two double digit assist games in there. Although Halliburton did miss some time, um, you know, shooting the three. Well, but that, that big 31-13-8 game against Golden State, I think, is is carrying a lot of weight there. I mean, he had three straight yeah. single-digit scoring games after that. So uh, to me, that that's one of those guys that everybody rushes out to get. And then a week later, you, you, you kind of see the reality of like, okay, maybe, maybe this is not somebody that I'm just going to be plugging into my starting lineup uh, going forward the rest of the year. But yeah, Indiana's going to be interesting. I, I think they, they're a unique franchise in that they don't have a history of tanking really whatsoever. I think to them last year was tanking and I, I could kind of see this going either way. And it, it makes sense that they're, they're 500 right now. And they're right in the middle of the Eastern conference, the Miami heat 13 and 15, very disappointing start 
for the Miami Heat. Uh, I almost don't even want to give them airtime on this pod, given what they've done to us at Rotowire injury report wise. <laughs> this is now the second full season in a row that eight to nine players are somewhere between doubtful and probable for every single game. Uh, a lot of those are, are predictable. You know, the seven guys that are listed as probable. Why is that necessary? They're going to play Tyler Hero. We know you're playing tonight. You, you can stop doing this. Um, so that's been really frustrating. Uh, they, they have had real injuries, though. Hero missed time. Butler's missed time. Uh, he has played in five of the last six now. Still not feeling great if you drafted Jimmy Butler high, just because I, I think he is going to be managed and he does always have to see or seem to have these negative or nagging injuries throughout the year. Uh, and then Bam Adebayo, he's been fine. He has been just fine for yet another season. Free throw percentage is up. That's nice. Shot blocking, however, just doesn't really seem like it's going to be there. You know, a few seasons ago, we were talking about him as somebody who eventually could average like five assists and one and a half to two blocks per game. And both both of those categories have just stagnated. Yeah, I, he's just, I don't think he's going to make real progress in that category. And it could be more of a team decision thing. Like, hey, don't go, don't chase these shot blocks. We just want you to box out and contest. That could be part of it because he's, he's clearly a good defender. Um, I, I echo everything you said. They were super injured lately. Um, really, like there are five guys worth rostering on this team. Caleb Martin is is the fifth guy um, who steps in and, and does a lot of stuff when other guys are out. I will say the biggest draft day steal on this team is Kyle Lowry, who's ranked 54th per game right now. Oh, yeah. He's shockingly been one of the healthiest players on this team. I think he's missed one game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so if you drafted him, uh, that's been awesome. Let's go to the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, who've just been cruising, cruising along 20 and seven um, and got Chris Middleton back recently. Um, and he has looked okay. Uh, it's been pretty up and down for him, but against the Warriors, he had his, um, he had his best game. Um, I think you could argue since returning, uh, 29 minutes, he had 20 points, four rebounds, three assists, shot six of 13. Um, so that's really good. Obviously, uh, I think, you know, if you've been rostering, Brooke Lopez, Brooke Lopez, obviously huge surprise this season in terms of his, his volume scoring, but since Middleton's come back, it's dropped off significantly. And it started a little bit before Middleton even got back over the past nine games for Lopez. It's 10 points a game. Um, you know, he was trending more towards 15. The blocks are still there. And I, I'm pretty convinced the blocks will stay. Um, so you don't necessarily have to worry about that, but just don't expect like top 25 value from Brooke Lopez anymore. And then um, as we, we've mentioned about Giannis, the free throw percentage, it, it's murdering your fantasy team. Like he, he's the, in, in eight category per game right now, he is 46th in fantasy. So if you're punting free throw percentage, that's fine. Like you can punt free throw percentage and Giannis was still work, worth the top five pick that you drafted him at. But if you're trying to construct a super balanced roto team or you're not punting free throws, it's just not it's just not realistic with him. So um, that's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, it's 12 free throw attempts per game for Giannis Drummond, uh, which you're yeah. correct. I mean, in, in nine cat leagues, he's turning it over a ton, too. Almost four per yeah. game. He's down at 94th, uh, which, again, could be a little misleading. Of course, he's nobody's saying he's the 94th most valuable player in fantasy. But if you're trying to build a balanced team, then. Uh, as you laid out well, it's uh, it's kind of a nightmare right now. Uh, last thing I'll say on the Bucks, tough schedule coming up these next few weeks uh, leading up to Christmas Day. They're at Boston. Uh, they, they're at Memphis on Thursday, then Utah 
on the road at New Orleans, at Cleveland, at Brooklyn, and then at Boston Christmas Day. After that, it, it does soften up. They, they play a bunch of Eastern Conference teams uh, essentially for the next month. But um, uh, a really, really tough string of games here for Milwaukee, who is now even with Boston in the loss column. The New York Knicks. Uh, first of all, props to me for not taking RJ Barrett this year. I did not fall into that trap for what would have been the third year in a row. He is outside <laughs> the top 200 in nine category per game value. He is doing exactly what he's been doing the last couple of years. I, I still maintain that he will be good. Uh, when will that happen? I don't know. It, it might be one of those situations where he's like a super late bloomer. I, I, it's going to happen. He's a good basketball player. He is not a good fantasy player. Uh, you know, the counting stats could be attractive. The, you know, the burst where he'll, he'll have like a 25, five and five game. Um, but really he's not doing anything on defense. The, the assists haven't really been there. The shooting percentage, pretty disastrous. He's under 80% at the line. Um, so again, uh, this is a roundabout way of, of patting myself on the back for not taking RJ Barrett. Uh, one guy I, I do wish I would have invested a little more in at ADP. He had an ADP close to 70 in Yahoo leagues with Julius Randall. Uh, yeah. not a super exciting player, you know, somebody that, you know, I think catches a lot of flack. Some of it do some of it not, uh, but he's going to probably beat that ADP and uh, especially in eight category leagues, you know, he's been really valuable. He's basically kind of coming in somewhere between last season, which was bad and two seasons ago, which was uncharacteristically good. So he's kind of landing right in the middle. Yeah. I don't know what the case would have been for him being like worse than the 75th fantasy player. Like that seemed like his floor. So drafting yeah. a guy, like his floor would be good. I think, you know, Brunson, I think Brunson is doing what a lot of us expected him to do. Um, he's ranked 56th in, in eight cap per game. Uh, Mitchell Robinson's been playing fine, um, still kind of dealing with those injury issues. Um, but he's he's been healthy lately and uh, looked decent, mm -hmm. but he's still pretty up and down. And then um, Tibbs has just absolutely had it with Derek Rose. Derek Rose doesn't play. Cam Regish doesn't play. Evan Fournier hasn't played. I mean, these guys have not played in like two weeks. Um so it's been a lot of Quentin Grimes, you know, the uh, the guy who prevented the Donovan Mitchell trade. Oh, yeah. um, the tail and horn looked, Tucker of the East Coast. Uh, yeah. Um, Grimes has looked okay. Um, actionable for maybe 14 or 16 team leagues. I don't I don't know for 12 teamers if, if you really yeah. have to go and do anything about that. The Orlando Magic, uh, another one of the league's most injured basketball teams. Um Pretty tough to get a gauge of what their rotation is eventually going to look like when they're healthy. If you really try to game this out, it's it's just difficult. Like Suggs is out, Wendell Carter's out. Um, you know, now Fultz is back in the fold. You have Mo Wagner playing so well. Can you even sit him? Um, but Bancaro, Bancaro's the man. Um, he continues to play really well. I think um I think you know, him and Franz Wagner. Um, are if you have either of those guys in fantasy, I don't think you have to worry at all. To me, those those are like the rocks of this team. If you have Wendell Carter, obviously you're concerned because it's a plantar fascia injury, and those uh, uh, that's really bad for a big man. And he's had some injury issues in the past. Um, Fultz is back, like I mentioned. He's been pretty up and down, but I still think he's a hold in twelve teamers. Um, I think I think that's pretty much a story with this team right now. Yeah, I think you covered it well. No notes for me. Uh, we're still waiting on Jonathan Isaac news. Um, oh, yeah, you know, at this of course. Point, at this point, <laughs> how, can I, for, how yeah, can I forget? It, if your fantasy season is hinging on that, uh, that you're in trouble. I'll just say that. But um, no, no real update there. Uh, 76ers. Tyrese Maxey, we have still no target on a return date, but he did 
practice partially on Wednesday. So moving in the right direction, I would imagine we see him hopefully before the end of the month. If if not, then uh, sometime in early January. Uh, James Harden's been back for four games now. 22 points, 12 and a half assists, six rebounds, almost two and a half steals, three and a half threes. So he's hit the ground running. He's looked good. Uh, and Joel Embiid, all of a sudden, very much uh, back in the MVP race. We talked a couple weeks about Embiid uh, falling back a little bit, but behind the pack. But uh, he's now at 10 to 1, thanks in part to a five-game stretch in which he is averaging 39 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, one and a half blocks, uh, shooting 60 5488. Uh, I don't know how many guys have, have been in the 605488 club, but he is in it for the last five games. Last note on Philly, Tobias Harris quietly having a, a nice year. He's been somewhat disappointing the last couple of seasons. You know, somebody who's he's just like one of the most boring players to roster in fantasy, but top 50 guy in eight cat. Um, you know, even better in nine cat, low turnover player. And I, I think he's really benefited from Harden and, and Maxi being out. So Maybe somebody you could sell high on. I I don't think he, like a nine cat per game, for example, he's like a top 35 guy. I, I don't think he finishes the season there. No, I think he's benefited a lot from from the injury situations. Um, I the, Honestly, the thing I'm most impressed with about this team, I mean, I thought they were underwhelming to start the year, but I'm pretty surprised at how well they held up when uh, they're like Harden was out, Maxi was out. Like this team should not be 15 and 12 given the injuries that they've had. You look at the top minutes players on this team, total minutes. Tobias Harris, PJ Tucker, DeAnthony Melton. And then it then it's in beat after that, but then after it goes Shake Milton. So the fact that you're 15 and 12, um, I think that that bodes really well for them going forward. Obviously, they just need to figure it out when Embiid, Harden, and Maxi are all there, which has been a little bit uh of an issue for them. Uh let's go to the next team, which is the uh, Toronto Raptors. Um, another team that was very injured for a long time. And uh, so a lot of guys' stats kind of messed up. We saw Scotty Barnes have an opportunity to be sort of the number one guy. And he just floundered. He did not play that well. Uh, shooting percentages were bad. Just was not doing a good job when he was the focus of the defense. But uh, a little bit to my surprise, OG Anunoby, the best fantasy player on this team at 8-cat, uh, 2.4 steals and 0.8 blocks per game. That's huge uh, from him. He's making a huge case, uh, legitimate case for Defensive Player of the Year. I'm not sure he'll win it. Uh, Fred Van Vliet's shooting has been god-awful, 36% from the field, but he's still playing so well in so many other areas that he's 47th uh, in fantasy. And then, uh, you know, I mean, there's Gary Trent's been fine. Boucher has been just classic Boucher fashion. Um but when this team is healthy, I'm not really sure what their ceiling is. We just haven't seen enough of it, in my opinion. But they're they're 13 and 14 right now. Um, I just don't think they're in that top tier of, of the Eastern Conference. No, they're not. And the shooting issues, I, I think, are the number one reason for that. I mean, they're, I, I was on the DK show this morning, and Gary and Thorne, uh, who, who's a, a Toronto guy, I, I think he said like over the last 15 games, they're by far the worst shooting team in the league. And... Yeah, when you consider that Fred Van Vliet takes like 10 threes a game and he's shooting under 40% from the field, that's going to happen. Even now, season long, Toronto's 26 in three-point percentage. Like they're, they're, they're basically shooting the same percentage from three as the Lakers. Think about that. 32.3% uh, versus 32.0 
for the Lakers. Um, and, and Toronto, of course, is taking more uh, that they have guys who traditionally have been more reliable. Uh, so I, I think on on one hand, I'm with you. They have not really looked like a kind of second tier title contender in the way that maybe we would talk about teams like Cleveland and Philly. Um, but at the same time, are they going to shoot this poorly the whole year? So we'll, we'll see. I, I think for them to really be a title contender, they either need to make a big trade or they needed Scotty Barnes to take a big time leap. And like you said, that hasn't happened. No, not quite. No, much to the dismay of, of several fantasy teams. Luckily I don't have him <laughs> in stake. I wanted him. Uh, I actually have Tobias Harris there. He, uh, he recently pulled me out of the basement in that league. Um, shout out to par. I, I think he took over 16th place for me. So uh, we're moving in the right direction. <laughs> there. Uh, all right. We finished out the East with the Washington wizards. Uh, Bradley Beal, still out. Uh, he will not play Wednesday night. Kristaps Porzingis also not going to play on Wednesday. The, the hope is that it's nothing serious with Porzingis. Uh, this will only be his second missed game of the entire season. Uh, previous years, last year, he played 51 games. Two years ago, 43. Year before that, 57. Year before that, 48. Uh, so, you know, he, he's on pace to have easily his healthiest season in a while. Hopefully that keeps up. Uh, the, the injury is basically just a sore back. Um, so, so hopefully that's nothing long-term. Uh, the only thing to really highlight with this team, other than the fact that their first round pick is just not even in the NBA is that Jordan Goodwin, a kind of random, yeah. random two-way guy, uh, over the last three games, 16 points, five assists, four rebounds, 4.3 steals and almost two threes per game. So he's, you know, if, if you picked him up short-term, you're reaping major benefits, especially those steals. I mean, he had back-to-back games with five and six steals. He had two steals the other night against the Nets, so that, that seems legit. Um, however, you know, Beal's been out. Monte Morris has been out. Uh, so it, it's kind of hard to project, you know, whether or not he is going to be like a, a real rosterable player when they're at full strength. Like, to me, he kind of reminds me of how we've had to handle, like, Jordan McLaughlin the last couple of years, where it's like, right. yeah, certain weeks he'll be good, or almost like Tyus Jones in, in some ways, too. Mm-hmm. Charles Bassey for the Spurs comes to mind. I mean, these these are two-way guys. Like you mentioned, like I think if you're in a 16-team league like we are in stake league, I picked up Jordan Goodwin. I didn't even start him this week because I had other better options. But if you're in a 16-team league, it's just, I think, yeah, uh, I'm still in 10th out of 16. So it's not not that nice. Um, Even though he's a two-way player, I think like his upside is clearly so high. I just don't know how they boot him from the rotation how do you send this guy back to the G league? Even if everyone's healthy. Um, uh, so hopefully they sign him to a real deal uh, sooner than later, but I think he should be on a roster and 16 teamers just in case um, we've had some really up and down play from like Denny Avia. Kispert's looks solid. Barton, Will Barton has been awful. I don't know if like Jokic was making his career or what was happening, <laughs> but Barton, it's just like, he's just like, can't play. He's just not good anymore. Um, yeah. So I don't really know if if that's like a Jokic, um, uh, the you leave Jokic and suddenly you you have to touch the ball and and play real basketball again and you just can't do it. Um, we've also had Rui Hachimura has been out for a while for them. Um, hasn't played since November 18th, and um, is by far has the worst point differential on the team, minus 14 per 100 possessions. He's, he's not good. He's just not a good player, right? I don't think he's. Yeah, I don't think he's anything to be honest with you. Like I. I think there's a chance he has like a Jeff Green arc to his career, mm-hmm. but um, just because he's like six eight and can kind of quote unquote get buckets, uh, but he's just not that good. <laughs> yeah, if if you're playing in a league where you're required to roster a bucket getter, 
in, in like your starting lineup, then yeah, absolutely go out and grab him. Uh, okay, that'll do it for the East. Uh, we, we are going to continue record the West. Again, that'll be spliced into uh, a separate podcast. So you'll, you'll hear a brief intro and all that. Uh, but we appreciate you listening and hopefully you stick around for the West.